because bears use body language a lot and like the subtle body language that you know Brooke was able to display and the way she held her ground yeah. it's like you can't really even articulate it. it sounds ridiculous oh you just stood there when the bear was there like you idiots you're gonna get killed but when you see the all the subtle things that were happening that were just second nature that you know you don't even realize are happening until you're there. You're like, oh yeah, no, it's cool. There's communication happening here that's nonverbal. And that is why we didn't have, you know, why we didn't get hit, why we didn't get charged, why we didn't have to shoot that bear. There was so many, there were so many subtle things that were happening that were able to communicate what we were. And it's just dance that was going on. And And that's the trust part. Rango Tango, I want some mango. Marco. Hello. Yo. Now, now that's Yo. how we keep in touch. <laughs> Yo. So I think we're back. Uh, of course, when you guys are here, we have giant lightning storms and power outages right in the middle of the podcast. Yeah. You can name this it's storm fitting. after us. Yeah. With the bears um, and talking about like seeing their intent and stuff. So if you're hiking on a trail and you see a couple bears just walking down the trail at you. There's a lot of answers. Run. Never. The, the <laughs> worst possible thing you can do at all is run. Um, think about a dog. What, what do dogs do when you run? They chase you. Mm-hmm. Bears, same way. In all honesty, honestly, to like anybody who's casually listening, if you just want to you know, take the safest answer and not have to think a bunch of thoughts, uh, get ready to bear spray it. Uh, just stand your ground. Don't run. Get ready to spray. If you have a brain that's capable of holding more than one thought, um, then I'm really envious of you. Look with the shade. <laughs> um, no, I admire you. I, as a person with a single brain cell, I like to just keep it as simple as possible, which is like get ready to bear spray. Get ready to defend yourself in whatever means you have necessary on you. If you have more time to think and you can remember little you know, reminders and stuff, um, think about what type of bear it is that you're seeing. So I'm in coastal Alaska. Yeah. Um, anyone who's listened to Cole Kramer's podcast, I'm sure you guys have heard him kind of break down the difference between inland lower 48 grizzly bears and the coastal grizzlies that we have in Alaska. Basically, these coastal bears that I work with are so well-fed and live at such high density with other bears that they don't really feel all that bothered by uh, the presence of humans. Bears think of people as just other bears. Um, they think we're like really ugly and weird-looking and stinky, but really the, the way that they're going <laughs> to react to people is the same way they're going to react to other bears. So if you're in Alaska hiking down a trail and you're close to the coast, new counter bear, there's a good chance you can just stand your ground, make noise, get big, and the bear's going to go around. Here, um, in you know the lower 48, we have inland grizzlies, and they live at a much lower density. They have much less access to dense, abundant food sources, and they're going to be a little bit more hangry. Um, they don't necessarily want to like charge you and eat you, but they want to get you the hell away from whatever food source they might be in that area trying to access. So more territorial. Yeah, I, I don't love the word territorial because that indicates that like bears have a territory, right? And like Laura Brown Bear guards this hillside and Heather Brown Bear guards that hillside. That's not really how they work. They're just kind of reactive. Like they see someone and they react very emotionally. Um, so, you know, that draws back to like, it doesn't matter where you are, get ready to defend yourself. But if you are inland and it's a grizzly bear approaching you, be ready for a very scary situation. Don't run, don't climb a tree, stand your ground. Get ready to defend yourself. Um, if it's a black bear, you don't necessarily have to be as concerned. For the most part, black bears are going to be a little bit skittish. They're going to see you if you call out or make yourself noticeable, and yeah. they're going to run. I, I did recently learn that black bears actually don't cub defend. So there's this misconception that if there's a bear with cubs, it's the most dangerous bear on the environment. Yeah, that's what I've always 
always been told. That is the case with grizzlies. Um, you know, if they have cubs, they have a little bit more reason to be that much more reactive in protecting their food sources and their young. There's been studies where researchers will actually grow up or go up and grab black bear cubs right in front of the mom. And the mom doesn't react. She's Sounds like, like a jackass episode. Yeah, I, I know. That, don't I, sign like, me up for hey, that. Hey, Johnny ever. Knoxville, you're going to run no. up and steal a bear cub from Mama Bear. I've yeah, worked. I'm not drawing the short short shot on that. See, that's I I don't agree. Uh, I've worked in wildlife research the past few winters, and I don't know how people are getting that job and why they haven't asked me yet. But I want to go grab the bear cubs. I'm sure, you my do. Mom's so badly. She's a bear you're grabber, crazy. ladies and gentlemen. Bear Watch out. <laughs> Um, so with black bears, I mean, you don't really have to think twice whether it's a lone bear or a bear with cubs. Um, most likely, if you get big and loud, it's going to turn around. If it doesn't, again, it all drops back to just defend yourself. Don't run. Get ready to fight back. Yeah. Love that. I can see and I've heard of people having a little scarier encounters when they just completely surprise a black bear in oh, yeah. super tight quarters. Yeah, that's that's another big thing. I mean, if you're surprising a bear truly get ready to fight back because that thing's going to be on you. Um, there used to be the saying, if it's brown, lay down. If it's black, fight back. If it's white, good night. That's kind of getting thrown out the window recently. There's now two types of bears and how you defend yourself in each situation is a little different. So there's the predatory bear and there's the um, defensive bear. The predatory bear is the rare one that actually does want to eat you. This is a bear that has broken teeth this is a bear that's been food conditioned. This is a bear that's, you know, seeing some reason why you might look like an actual meal. Mm-hmm. Very rare. The defensive bear is the bear that you surprise as you're hiking through the brush. And that's a bear that's just being a bear, right? I mean, if I'm meandering through my hallway and someone pops out of my closet with a big backpack and hiking boots on, I'm going to snap out and kill them. Like, I'm just going to lose my shit. So that's that's their response in those situations. And those are truly the scariest encounters. And it's one of those things where, like, you can ask me a million times for all different nuanced advice. And it's always going to be the same thing. Just fight for your life yeah, in whatever means you have necessary. And it is interesting. Cause like when I was up in Canada last week, bear hunting, um, you know, and like stalking bears and stuff, they're really, they're, they're honestly at, at times they're pretty dumb. Like, they're, like they're, they're grazing, they're sitting there grazing same. along, eating, <laughs> um, grazing along and kind of eating and now and then raise their head up and kind of look around. But like, it's interesting because, and I don't know what you've found, but it almost seems like a bear. Our guide said like with these black bears, it's almost like they don't really have the ability to to decipher well what you are. Because when you're in camo and you're, I was within, you know, 40, 50 yards of a couple of these different bears and they had look up at me, straight at me. And I'm standing there pretty much in the wide open, but not moving. Mm-hmm. They'd look at me, look around and just go back to grazing. Now, if they catch movement, they're out of there and they would be out of there in a hurry. And obviously it seems like their number one defense is their nose. I mean, if they yeah. catch your scent, they're gone. Yeah. Their, their noses are insane. Um, if our sense of smell compared to a dog's, like the dog's sense of smell is a, like a post, a piece of paper and our sense of smell is a postage stamp. A bear sense of smell is a hundred pieces of paper. Oh really? Yeah. The best nose in the world is the polar bear. Second best is the grizzly and then the black bear. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, and smell is, like, really the only way that they're going to suss whether or not you're there. Their eyes are, we think, about as sharp as ours, but their cognitive ability to recognize what they're seeing, they're just kind of like, I think that's maybe another bear. I don't know. I don't smell anything. We're good to go. And that's what our guide said, because he said a lot of people say bears have bad vision. Yeah, And he's like, if you're moving, they see you. Yeah. 
and they're out of there. Yeah. People think they're like blind or something. Like, oh, it was it was trying to smell me. It couldn't smell me. It didn't know yeah. what I was. It was like, well, it's just if you think about, yeah, I can smell things. I mean, not great, but we're visually dominant. So I use my eyes to figure out what's going on. And you're just you go to that. You like defer to that sense. And I feel like bears are going to defer to smell because it's so superior. Yeah, and he said yeah. he's had black bears spot them from several hundred yards. Wind was all right. Everything was good, and spot movement and just be gone. Yeah. Um. And, but more like more than likely, even from several hundred yards, they spot or they sent just a tiny bit of smell in the air, and they're they're out of there. Yeah, they were smelling us. I mean, you, we could see them. We were before they even saw us. We could see them like across the what? What is that? Like the inlet? Yeah, like yeah. It was inlet. like a, a salmon stream. Yeah, inlet. Like a little salmon stream, which moved out to the to the ocean. The ocean. Um, they were like, I don't. I couldn't even tell you how far away. Yeah, and we could see them like stand up and like could see them like smell and she was like oh they're smelling us right now yeah they they like definitely humble me big time because they're always like how do you smell and I'm like very bad <laughs> yeah thanks for reminding me it was a cool experience though because you just never know when you're with people how they're going to react in that situation you can have like the most chill person who actually knowledgeable and they get in that situation and they just like lose their shit and react completely terribly and so it was cool like meeting Brooke I'm like I know that Heather's gonna stand there and be like I hate this but I didn't I mean yeah sure she's a bear guy but there's plenty of people that say they're they're really knowledgeable or experienced or they're gonna be cool and then they get in that situation you just don't know yeah. Yeah. so it was it was awesome to be like oh okay cool like I can see this girl can handle herself because I've had my own way of dealing with bears but I'm not like a trained bear guide or anything yeah and for me to defer to someone else was kind of terrifying. But then getting to watch someone else and being like, oh, my God, I trust her. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like a cool experience to have with people. That's ultimately like what brought us here on this trip. Like Heather and I had met before in like mm -hmm. casual, you know, camping trips or just, you know, casual We, we never had one on one time. Never. It was always like a group social setting. Yeah, we'd go um, camping in a group of 20. With a lot of alcohol. <laughs> and <laughs> Laura and I had truly never met. And so... I mean, everything, like, like we worked so well as a team that when this trip came up, I was like, yeah, no brainer. I'll go yeah. follow Laura yeah. <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. And you can, With like, because there, there was so much more. I mean, it's one thing to tell the story and try to articulate all the little things, but it was, because bears use body language a lot. And, like, the subtle body language that, you know, Brooke was able to display and the way she held her ground. Yeah. It's like, you can't really even articulate it. It sounds ridiculous. Oh, you just stood there when the bear was there. Like you idiots, you're going to get killed. But when you see the, all the subtle things that were happening that were just second nature that, you know, you don't even realize are happening until you're there. You're like, oh yeah, no, it's cool. There's communication happening here. That's nonverbal. And that is why we didn't have, you know, why we didn't get hit, why we didn't get charged, why we didn't have to shoot that bear. There was so many, there were so many subtle things that were happening that right. were able to communicate what we were. And it's just dance that was going on. Yeah. And, and that, actually, that's the trust part. I have a, a former co-guide that's back in that area. And he texted me a couple of days ago and told me that he saw that those same set of twins. So we oh. succeeded in the mission of turning the bears around, but not instilling this horrific fear of that area and the humans that they might encounter on that stream. So yeah. it was really interesting to watch you though, because when you were like, make yourself small, they'll come in closer, make yourself big. They'll like, they, it was a dance. Like everything that you were telling us to do, we were moving them. You were like, getting a reaction. She, yes. From she them. was like, okay, you want them closer? We're going to shrink down. You want them farther away? We're going to make ourselves big. And everything that we mm. did, it was like this weird dance. Yeah, I'm a fucking sweet dancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bear you dancer. You're bears. You're the bear whisperer. So I know you say you do the guiding thing, but what I've, you know, wh when I met you and what I what I saw and see on your Instagram and whatnot is your photography. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people 
you know, I, and I don't know how you split up your business and how all that works, but you know, when I first met you and somebody was, well, it might've been Lucas with black or with Grizzly Forge there at Black Rifle. And, uh, Lucas was like, oh no, she's a badass. She like lives out in the woods with these animals and follows them around. And so I went to your Instagram and your photos are, I mean, they're the best I've ever seen. Like, like on a wild, from a wildlife, like photography standpoint, it's absolutely incredible. You're what is it? Is Little Bear. What's your Instagram? Yeah, it's just Brooke Little Bear. Brooke, Brooke with an Little E. Bear. Little Bear. Um, it's 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 insane the photos that you get and and uh, Grizz, uh, Lucas was telling me how much you like live out in the woods with the bears and um, like tell me about some of the like spending your time like time in Yellowstone Park. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm obsessed with animals. Wildlife photography. I'm a wildlife photographer first. I started doing the bear guiding stuff because I'm just addicted to being around bears and. I was spending a lot of money hiring guides and flight services to get me where they are. And I was like, man, I could just do this all the time. And I like, you know, having other photographers and giving them the opportunity to photograph the same things that I'm so lucky to encounter all the time. So I started out in the lower 48. I lived in Colorado. Um, I volunteered with the Yellowstone bear management team, again, just as an excuse to get close to bears. And yeah, I, I do live nomadically, kind of cycling between different wildlife behaviors and charismatic seasons and times of year that I can optimize the photo. So in the fall, I try to be in the lower 48 for the elk and the moose rut, kind of starting with the elk in Colorado is where I specialize in, in bull elk rutting. I have a few spots that are still somewhat well-kept secrets. Um, and I photograph like the bulls rutting and doing all their mating displays. And then later in the year, as it turns to kind of early winter, I go up into Wyoming and Montana to photograph bull moose then in the wintertime, I focus on just tracking animals and, and like sussing out what animals are going where, looking for dens that might be active in the springtime. In the spring, I focus on those denned up animals like foxes and, and their babies are, were focused for me this spring. And then the when, best photos I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I you don't can, want, I'm going to buy some You can sleep prints. in our basement. There's a little group of uh, little den of baby foxes right now on our road. I was going to ask you if you have fox kits here because I saw a fox kit scat in your driveway. Oh, really? By where we parked, yeah. You sure it wasn't docks? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, there's baby foxes right down the road. I mean, Jess has a couple of videos in the last week. They're, they're they're not a hell of a lot bigger than a damn beer can or a water bottle. Yeah, they're, they're really little right now. Adorable. Oh, so cute. They're the cutest damn little things. They act like puppies. I love them. They were probably after them chickens. Smart foxies. Um, so... With your with your time, like in Yellowstone, do you are you are you camping out there with them? Like, how long how long at a time are you staying out in the woods? Yeah, I mean, so I live in the woods pretty much full time. I do have uh, a camper that I live in. I'm kind of like a poor version of van life. I have a 30 year old RV that I bought a couple of years ago that I live out of. That's like my home base on wheels. So wherever I'm shooting, whether it's Colorado or Yellowstone or Wyoming, Montana, or even Alaska, I drive the RV to the location, and then. Ideally, I can center out of that and do like three to four days in the field, nothing significantly longer than that at a time because I do need to recharge batteries, refresh memory cards, back up all my photos. Um, but I've been in the field for elk and moose for up to a month and a half. Really? Yeah. For the opportunity to get good shots. Really? The ungulates are, take a little bit longer. We mm -hmm. love ungulates. It's funny because there's so many like badass hunters that are out there talking about like how to survive for three days on a hunt. And uh, you're out there for a long period of time. Yeah. It, it, it's it's interesting, like, um, it's a very solitary lifestyle, too. I mean, 
Oh yeah, you guys are my only friends. <laughs> <laughs> you too. <Yeah. laughs> like, oh God. <laughs> I'm not. I'm genuinely not kidding. <laughs> I am so fucking lonely. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you. I smell like dirt. This just just turned into a counseling session. (laughs) I think that's why we all get along so much. We're also very weird. We have so much in common. We're so weird. So so I'm going to transition to to being weird and living out in the woods. We're not like other girls. Why'd you look at me? We're so much worse. So I got to hear about Laura's living situation. Oh, it's oh, amazing. Wow. It's dreamy. Oh, I live in a I'm cave. I'm putting you on the spot. We spent a lot of time in a cave. Actually, so you were though. living in a house just I was recently in a house. with a friend of ours. Yes. And then I moved to an undisclosed location where I live in a cave now. It's she, a, she really does. We sat in there eating easy cheese. <sighs> we ate easy cheese. So it's cheese. an actual cave. Is this a yeah. rock cave like a like in the side of well, a hill? It's, yeah. It's a deep, dark Cave, but it's dry. It's not wet. It has a nice. view yeah. too. It has a great it's view. Nice. Cave with a view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what sold me. There's a cooler in yeah. it, and the cooler has canned meat. Oh yeah, I have so like great. all my canned meat mm-hmm. in in the cave, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, How big is this cave? How spacious? Small. It's small. It's a little claustrophobic. It's small, but it's long. <laughs> a little claustrophobic. Especially. Did you guys sleep in it? <laughs> well, I got the. I got the. So I actually set up a whole wall tent, tent so that we would yeah. have like room because yeah. you know my ass ain't sleeping in a tent at one a.m. when we've been talking about Tommy knockers and shit. Yeah, so. oh, you mean in a cave? You slept in the tent, not the cave. Well, yeah. yeah, she was not into, as into the cave, but I love the cave. <laughs> I'm not as into. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. These these two bitches love sleeping outside. They're like, oh, I'm gonna put my sleeping pad out here. All the grizzly bears can come smell me. And I'm like, dude, I just need like, I know it may be some false sense of security. It might be a little placebo. What's safer than a cave? Because if I can, if if I have a one barrier between me some and something canvas, else, I have time canvas. to grab my gun and start blasting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just got one door in a cave, <laughs> right? and then you're backed in, and then you're trapped. What happens if you get trapped? You don't get trapped. I feel like people. I, don't, I like having an exit. I like having an entrance and an exit strategy. Henry wants to know if we can come see the cave, dude. Yeah. Like a like a MTV Cribs cave uh, oh, style. Yes. So your cave's yeah. a little off the grid. It's not it's a little a close, off the grid. It's not close sure. to town. No. Oh, it's in bumfuck. It is nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> they were off the grid. They were like, oh yeah, well, let's go get dinner. I'm like, you guys know we're gonna be getting to the cave at midnight, right? It's it, off the fucking grid. It's, it's yeah. like fucking 45 minutes to even a blip of self service. Yeah. I love that. I love I know that. you love that. <laughs> so good. I know you love that. <sighs> oh my gosh. gosh. You're crazy. <laughs> I love it. And what's what's awesome is then you're dating Brian, right? Uh-huh. So Brian, it's it's interesting because like Brian to me is like like so clean. Is that the nicest way I've ever been called dirty yeah. before? <laughs> but Brian Brian's like I, I see Brian like at all doing all his his speaking stuff and all his stuff, and then I see him like coming out here to spend time with you, and it, it just seems like such a like a different life. It's it's like got to be interesting for him coming out here and like spending time with you versus like yeah the stuff he's doing. But it's I'm sure, <laughs> but he loves it. It's like every time I talk to him, he's just like I, I like he looks forward to coming out here and spending time and doing all the everything that you guys are doing. It's like it's pretty cool. Yeah. He's such a good dude. He's a great dude. He is a great dude. I mean, realistically, if you don't love doing this stuff, I think you're crazy. 
The stuff well, Laura yes, does is too. the best things on earth. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Right, Heather? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't agree that it's amazing. <laughs> well, I wouldn't consider us sane, though, also. <laughs> well, but when you yes, see the when you see the photos of, like, when you see the photos of Laura packing out all those antlers out of the woods and her legs Wild. are all tore up and yeah. all that shit, like, you don't you don't just find that stuff all laying in a pile somewhere and bring no. it out. Like, the amount of miles that are on that pack and the amount of weight. Dude, and her eyeballs yeah. are off the chart. This girl sees things that, like, are in other dimensions. And she's like, it's right there. How did you not see it? And we're I like, oh. <laughs> Whatever, Heather, too. Heather was yeah. picking up, like, the tiniest little things. She's like... Guys, what are all these caterpillars? Like, yeah, Heather's what? finding like the skulls of ants that died forty years ago. I didn't yeah, find an ant thing. Found like a pike. I found pike jaw exoskeleton. She found like, pike jaws while she's like huffing what and the puffing hell's up. That? Def- uh, there's like a, a lagomorph. Yeah, I'll show you a little, a little tiny little. I I don't know how I saw it. They're, they're finding like they're finding uh, elk sheds. They're finding all sorts of stuff. All and I'm like, hey parts. guys, we're look finding at this. The mi- look at this microscopic. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. I found that, and then I did find, okay, I did find what a couple, a couple deadheads. It's a, I, I believe it's either pika or like a ground Oh, the Colombian squirrel. ground squirrel. A Colombian ground squirrel. Pika are like the cute yeah. little fuzzballs that scream little, in the mountains. They're like, they're little. Really? Yeah. Uh, guys. They're in the rabbit They're family. so tiny. They're so tiny. They're but probably yeah, going to break on my way home. She sniped those. Like, she's, she's like going up this really steep. Yeah. We're on a ridge that was like, <laughs> felt like 90 degree angles on either side. And all of a sudden, she's like, what are those? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking I'm about clinging at all. onto life. What's right. happening? <laughs> well, that's why I see them. I'm clinging to the dirt like this, crawling upwards, and it's right here. <laughs> yeah, but then 10 minutes later, we're climbing back down the mountain, and she goes, gosh, what are all these little caterpillars everywhere? And Laura and I are like, what? We can't. See? Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's, so your your eyes are pretty great. Well, I think also my eyes are like, it's, it's so weird, too, like how I train – like how you have to train your brain to, yes. to pick up on different things. Cause I'm always used to look, look for stark white, look right. for this. And then, you know, that's why I'll walk right by a chocolatey, you know, elk shed or why morel mushrooms are so hard for my eye to pick up is cause I'm looking for white. Yeah, we yeah. just gotta like. That's why we were just like hiding morels. We already picked around <laughs> Heather to try to like they try train to trick her her eye. Like, oh, there's some over here, and I pick it up. I'm like, you bitches. <laughs> They're like, oh, we just wanted you to feel included. Like when you're out picking stuff with your kids, and you're like, well, yeah, we're gonna hide it was like, yeah, kids. like when you're hiding Easter eggs no, for your fucking. But no, that's a thing. Children, and you're like, oh, you can that's how we teach go. people to find Here's antlers. Here's your consolation prize. I like, I like make them. I used to do that myself. I would like spin in a circle and chuck an antler with my eyes closed, and then I have to open my eyes and see how quickly I could see where it was. Because you just train your eyeball. <laughs> Otherwise, you're like spackling over it because you get so much I've input. You should do that. Okay. Antler yeah. training. Antler one on one. Heather's gonna be at the ranch, just throwing <laughs> mushrooms from the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have some portabellas just chucking. <laughs> so with all your time in the woods. Uh, what what is uh Brooke, what is your like most memorable experience or like the coolest thing you've ever seen? Cause I mean, with all that time spent out in the woods with nature, all, all the cool animals, and you're really getting to watch animals like just just in their behavior. You know, even as a hunter, we get to see a lot of really cool things, but a lot of times some of the coolest stuff we see we end up like shooting it <laughs> before we get- well, she's shooting it. it too, just in a different way. Yeah, yeah. She's shooting with the But camera. I mean, you're you're watching it for you know days on end, and yeah. you're seeing animals interact with each other. Yeah, I took a nap with a bull elk. Um, it was magic. So I was. This was one of my longer stints. I think it was like three weeks in northern Colorado, 
during the rut with these bull elk. And there was a younger guy that I just loved, a, a guy meaning an elk. And um, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> love that you had to clarify. I am so fucking lonely. <laughs> <laughs> he um, he was beautiful. He was um, not really a satellite bull. I, when I came across him, he was showing behavior of being a satellite bull. And then I followed. What's a satellite bull? Satellite bull is during the rut, the big dominant bull elk with like the big fancy racks uh, have like their harem, all their women. Oh, okay. Females, cows is the word I was looking I, I've for. Never, I've never hunted. And elk, all the, so. the like less dominant, but still, you know, sexually mature bull elk will kind of satellite around and try to steal away mm. cows for their own harem. Gotcha. Like all, it's like all the 19 year old boys that are hanging around, but there's like the 35 year old guy that's like. You mean 85-year-old yeah. man. What's oh, up, Doc? wow. Yeah. Oh, God. That's so. a whole other story. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind that. So um, he, he ended up, I was following, like, the larger bull, like all the women were that day. And I ended up eventually crossing paths with this younger, still really dynamic, impressive bull elk again. And I followed him for, like, two or three days because he was chill. I don't know if he was, like, the type of bull that spends most of the winter in the neighborhood, and gets just like really habituated to humans being around. But yeah. God, it was like I wasn't there at all. So I would follow him and then like kind of camp wherever he was bedding down with his girlfriends. And one night I, I had a bottle of tin cup whiskey with me and it was like starting to feel really heavy on my back. So I was like, well, I guess I got to drink it. <laughs> and I felt like shit the next day. I was so hungover. I, I like threw up. Um, I could barely move. And like I felt like I had an allergy attack. Like I was getting the flu or something. I was just in rough shape. But the light was fantastic. All this wildfire smoke had blown in and kind of filled this valley. And I knew that was going to be a day I was going to get the photos I was looking for. Before that, it had been really, like, really harsh, direct, bright sunlight, which just doesn't yield the most magical, dreamy images. And I photographed him in the morning. It was, it was cool. I got some great shots. And then around noon, he bedded down. And I actually got these photos of him as he laid down. And the photos are on my Instagram. They're, like, one of my absolute favorite shots I've ever gotten. And he, like throws his head back and bugles and he's really symmetrical and there's all this green moss but after that do you know the shot i know exactly the shot yeah I, oh, i'm obsessed with so it i i want i want that print. he's such I a know. good boy and then he fell asleep and i was at that point maybe like 15 yards from him. i mean i was close i think i took that photo on a 40 millimeter lens or an 80 millimeter maybe and i was like well i'm hungover um he's sleeping i'm gonna go to sleep and i fell asleep next to him for like three hours and I like woke up to the sound of him farting um, <laughs> and I couldn't fall back asleep because he was snoring You're sure it wasn't you and that was like the closest thing I'd ever experienced <laughs> to having a boyfriend at the time <laughs> um yeah and it was just magical then he woke up and like continued on his way and I followed him for the rest of the day and then I ended up finding like different elk and going with the, a different group after that but it was just I feel like a lot of people don't have the opportunity to do that like sleep beside any ungulate but like especially one in the peak of the rut and one that you've had the the glory of like photographing and, and getting like a really intimate charismatic moment with. So there's been like a lot of other really cool experiences, but that was by far the coolest for me. It's interesting it, with what you're doing there with like, with some animals, it feels like you can kind of live with them and they'll tolerate you like bears. Um, but then like with elk in general, if they see you, they're out of there. Yeah. It's really, it's hard. Yeah. So to be able to stay with a herd. And a lot of times, like, especially around here and maybe certain areas like Yellowstone, maybe not quite so much because they do so, see so many people. But around here, if you spook some elk, like, they're going to run for a mile. Yeah. Over a couple, you know, ridges and into a north-face timber. And 
you know, you're going to spend the next two or three days trying to find them. Which um, was why I was out for so long during that time period, because that was happening over and over Just again. keep spooking them. With all the shed hunting, all the time you've spent in, quote unquote, Montana, the woods of Montana, uh, what, like when you've been out in the woods, because you've done a lot of other really cool stuff, like besides just the shed hunting stuff, but all the time you've spent out, what's the coolest thing you've ever God, seen? you're making me pick one. Oh, man. I don't know. One time I accidentally walked into a herd of elk in the pitch black and it just the, the soundscape changed and things were really weird. I didn't know what was going on. And all of a sudden, all the elk just started running and they were just running around me like like I was like a stone in a river. Yeah. And the sound of the ground. And it was like I think one of the coolest things is that my eyes were involved. It was like a full body experience, but my eyes weren't there. It was just like the feeling of it, like the smell of them and like the wind as they rushed past and the ground shaking under me and not knowing and the excitement and the adrenaline rush and then actually living through it. Um, it was just wild. It was like the perfect storm of all these things happening. And um, it's just kind of stuff like that that you can't plan. I would have never put myself in that situation, but it happened. And it was just, it was like made you feel so alive. And I love it, that. It is amazing how, when you think about it, how much we've as humans become dependent on, like a flashlight or a headlamp or something like that. Cause like it remind that story reminds me in high school, there was a ranch that we couldn't hunt. It's owned by rich people and there's like elk all over it. It's basically like Yellowstone. And so a couple of buddies of mine and I, when, when the moon was pretty full, we would go out in the middle of the night and sneak onto their ranch and we weren't hunting it. We would just bugle the elk yeah, and just play with them. And it's like at night, and I don't know if you found this when you're out with the animals, but it's like at night that it's almost like they know, that humans aren't out hunting and it's like yes. a different mindset for the animals and they're less, their guard is down more. It seems like they're interacting with each other and breeding and doing all the stuff that they're doing with no, uh, like fear of repercussions from humans and involvement from the human side where as soon as the sun comes up, like they know the game's on. Yeah. And it was weird at night being out there, but also like you say, our eyes were like somewhat involved because there was some moonlight, but like in super close, quarters and we'd have elk coming in screaming at us and like all kinds of elk running by you in the middle of the night and felt like we were going to get run over but it was a lot more your senses are a lot more involved because you can't count on your eyes mm -hmm. there's so few instances where i mean especially now that we all have cell phones you just turn on your cell phone light it's like there's so few instances where you can just not have that available and there's like a vulnerability there that's like makes you feel alive do you do a lot of your photography stuff, like full moon type nights? Have you done a lot of night stuff? It's hard with wildlife because I'm using a telephoto lens. Yeah. Um, and usually, like, you know, even if the animal is stationary enough to do a long exposure where some of their body is going to be in focus, they're still breathing. Their breath and stuff is still going to make the image blurry. Um, oh. I do a lot of my finding my subjects by full moonlight or sound or headlamp and then just be in position in time for sunrise to come up and get them Interesting. to actually see them. And then do you take a lot of the time that harsh light during the middle of the day, that's kind of time to like rest and relax and kind of. Yeah. That's when I sleep off my hangovers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't, I hate shooting in the harsh midday light. That's, that's like the time for me to rest and relax. And sometimes also like scout out my evening shoot, like be like, okay, the elk have moved that way. Maybe I should get in position on the other side of them. Or, you know, it looks like I see bear tracks going in that direction. Let me go get in position just in case something happens in the evening. So you've, re you've, uh, mentioned a couple of times. So dating, yeah. uh, being, having, <laughs> having a, a yeah. dating life, uh, with, with your lifestyle, uh, 
what are the challenges there? Like all of it. I do. I do have a boyfriend now. You um, do? Yeah. He's a saint. His, his name's Grant. And the nice thing about it is, um, he's a lot like me. We joke that we work for the same company, but in different offices. Yeah. Um, I'm the wildlife photographer who's always out doing isolated stuff for animals. Grant is a mountaineering glacier and like whitewater rafting, rock climbing, very technical outdoor guide. So he, his social interactions are with clients, but he also has to live very remotely, um, depend a lot on the outdoors for companionship. Yeah. So our two lonely hearts met on the shores of <laughs> Juneau, Alaska. Oh, and really? Yeah, we've, we've um, been together but separate ever since. So we don't get to see each other very often in person. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's an ideal relationship because um, every time we do get to see each other, we have so much to talk about. Yeah. We are very rarely in each other's company. Right. Right. Yeah, that would be, um, it'd be interesting because like there's that side of it. It's like ideally maybe you could find somebody that shares your same interests and you'd want to be with all the time doing that. And that would also be like the absolute worst thing ever to have somebody with you all the time. Bro, I'm so competitive. If I was dating another wildlife photographer, I would smash all their gear in the night. Like God <laughs> forbid they get the shot and not me. That's been a huge barrier is like, not only am I very isolated, but I'm very competitive. So if someone's doing the exact same thing as me, it's going to be a huge problem. Do you run into other photographers out there? And oh God, I hate them so much. Yeah, I see them all the time. <laughs> Slash their tires. Smash their gear. Um, <laughs> put eye drops in their water. <laughs> oh wow that's the wor- you're a bitch you're a huge bitch the the brown bear is now not heather bitch anymore it's fucking brook Brooke bitch bear brook little bear brook little bear <laughs> huge bitch lo- little bear brook that's brook you. huge bitch <laughs> wow that's the worst so when you with your photography what's the uh like with making money from it right so like my daughter and and you hear a lot of people a lot of times say like i want to be a photographer Mm -hmm. my daughter's trying to kind of figure out what to do in life right now she's 18 just out of school and like you know you hear people say like i want to be a photographer and you know my business partner is an amazing photographer and the one thing that with him it doesn't matter if it's like work-related stuff or if he's just out with his kids doing whatever like that guy is always shooting photos like he clearly loves to shoot photos yeah constantly taking photos and um it's interesting because there's so many people out there now with with an iphone or with a camera they bought from costco or whatever and and every it's so easy for everyone to have an instagram page and all that how how have you found it as far as like moving your your photography selling it like do you are you generally selling most of your stuff directly through your instagram or are you selling to galleries? Yeah, so all of the above. Um, I think this is something you can probably relate a lot to, Josh, with like your industry. So there's plenty of knife makers, right? And it's been right. done before, but ain't nobody doing it the way you are. And that's mm. ultimately where your success is coming from. Mm-hmm. I think people, when they get into passion fields, you know, like knife making or wildlife photography or any genre of photography or any form of crafting or art, they kind of look at the people who've quote unquote made it and they say, how can I emulate what that individual is doing? And that's fine for inspiration purposes when you're just starting out, but ultimately it's already been done, right? Right. Unless you're doing it better, that's not your chance of finding success. So my success has come from just completely defining my own path every step of the way. And social media has been a huge, huge, huge help in all of that. 
it gave me the opportunity to kind of make something out of nothing. I was just some like random kid from New Jersey with a secondhand camera that I got as a graduation gift. Uh, I was trying to impress boys, so I went out with my camera to take photos and be good at something, anything. Just eating moths and taking photos. Oh, God. I also one time ate a moth to impress a boy. He was not impressed. We never dated. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Tom. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a hell of a move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so. Heather, what have you eaten to impress a boy? I bit the head off of a live fish once. I'm not super proud of it, <laughs> but I, I did do that. Like, you won't do it, pussy. And I was like, fucking call me that one time <laughs> she's like i'll do anything for money i'm like i'll do anything to not be a bitch <laughs> half the reason why i love suffering that's why you're here <laughs> I, just I can prove that i can <laughs> but yeah it's just just like finding picking your own path being super passionate i love what you said about like you know you know folks who are professional photographers and they bring their camera everywhere even I, I don't personally bring my camera everywhere. I almost never take my camera out, but I'm always thinking about my subjects. You know, I don't mm-hmm. go for a walk in the woods because I'm just trying to get some fresh air. I'm walking in the woods and I'm like, oh, I see an elk truck over here. What direction is he going? Mm-hmm. What plants are around? What time of day is it? How can this yield a really great photo opportunity? Um, so, yeah, I guess just like it's a combo, right? Of like figuring out what you want to do, being passionate about it, figuring out how you can put your own tone or like color on whatever the thing is and then just every time you achieve something like ask yourself that was cool I did it how can I do it better next time the being passionate thing that's so to me that's the key because I've told my kids like you have to at some point in life and I don't think you can force it like it just has to happen but you have to find something that you're passionate about because once you have the passion then the work won't seem as much like work it's still going to be work Mm -hmm. but um you know, like Brandon's photography, he's not a wildlife photographer. He'll take some photos of animals if they're there. It's, you know, he'll shoot um, people. He'll shoot a car or a truck or an, like an old bro- broken down, you know, swather in a field. Like it doesn't matter what it is. He, he'll shoot. But like using his camera and catching that shot is his passion. Um, and it's interesting because I think anybody that's really, really successful at something, I mean, even like with what, like Laura, with what you're doing, like your, your passion for what you do comes through, you know, and it's, to me, that's the thing to try to find in life is your, is your, is your passion. Like with the knife stuff, there's so many different types of knives. Like we talk about our friend, like Lucas with Grizzly Forge. And then there's, you know, there's Dan Winkler that's known a lot through like Jack Carr's books with Winkler knives. And there's, and there's thousands of other knife makers out there. And you're right in the beginning you, you emulate stuff that you see. You pick up a magazine, you try to make a knife like that, guys. You try to make a knife like that one, and then you start to, like, find your path and figure out what you like, and then pretty soon you're making something that you want to make. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, to me, where the passion finally comes in, and then you just start finding your own niche. You totally. Know? And I think, like, for anyone listening who's like, oh, shit, I don't have a passion, that's fine. Like, I grew up in New Jersey. I didn't know what animals were. And my, my dad's a homicide detective and I think he did some crime scene photography for a little bit. And that was like my only experience around cameras. And it was truly, I mean, I lived in an area where like everybody was really good at skiing and snowboarding. I wasn't doing so great at that stuff. So I was like, man, what, what can I be good at? And I just tried everything. And somehow it's not even the camera, the photography itself that I'm passionate about. It's the animals and the photography gives me an opportunity and an excuse to spend all that time around them. But like, if you don't have your passion right now, just keep on trying. You'll figure it out. It's and that's it's out that's there. the thing with kids. I think 
I can see the pressure on my daughter, you know, like at 18, you're supposed to, like, are you supposed to go to college? Are you supposed to, you know, I don't want her to just go get an average job downtown and just settle right. into like living in the basement and having a job. Right. Or, or w- whatever. Like, you know, it's interesting. Cause like you, you want kids to, I raise my kids to finish stuff. Like if you start something, you finish it, you don't quit. But then I tell them, Hey, if you're 18, you have a job, you don't like quit that shit and go find something right. else to do. Yeah. Cause like, I think a lot of experiences, right. Um, you don't know where, what a, it might just be a connection of somebody you work with. That's like, Hey, my dad has this business doing whatever. Yeah. And the next thing you know, like, I don't know, like, what was your experience? Like Heather is like, how did you, what was your path like to get where you, where you are now? Uh, Cause where are you now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I was doing the same at age 18. I was homeless living out of my car, working three dead end jobs just to be able to eat and pay my cell phone bill. But, uh, you know, I was, I ended up going to college. I was going for my master's in botany and, um, ended up doing reality TV, ended up making friends, moving from here and there. And, um, obviously I ended up at Black Rifle through my friends. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, uh, I grew up in theater classes doing stuff like that. And, uh, acting is ultimately like you've got bears and survivalist stuff, but like acting and comedy, that's always been my passion. Um, were you, was, were you that way even in like junior high high school did you love acting and yeah I I always did I always went by not to get all dark or whatever (laughs) says uh, the goth kid yeah says (laughs) the goth kid but like I've I've been so severely depressed my whole life I feel like I've I've been so desperate to make other people laugh because I don't want them to feel as bad as I do you're so fucking good at it so (laughs) (laughs) self-deprecating um (laughs) no I've I've just always loved acting I, I felt like I could remove myself from who I am and put myself into a character and I feel like I'm good at at doing that um and I just it's always been a passion of mine is like just like being different characters and being different people um is it the laugh that you're yeah I I that's 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 my drug is it (laughs) so it's like getting people to laugh for sure or like just making sure like people don't feel as like shitty because I remember being in like the throes of my deepest darkest days and uh I remember throwing on random like comedy specials and like just having that laugh forced from me where I'm like, man, I, th- I thought I was at the end of it and now I'm laughing and damn it. All right. <laughs> I got to keep going, I guess. Um, yeah. No, but I love that. And, um, you know, I, uh, that's, that's always been in my path has been acting and comedy and trying to make people laugh. And uh, I met JT from Black Rifle Coffee. <clears throat> Bef- well, before it was Black Rifle Coffee, this was in like 2009 just making dumb, fun comedy videos. And then from there, you know, he met Matt Best. Matt Best, and he linked up with Evan Hafer. They were flying me back and forth to Salt Lake City to do, like, funny, weird comedy videos. And then from there, when Black Rifle became, like, an actual company, they were like, well, we can afford to hire employees now. So, like, you'll just be, like, an employee. Like, so I moved to Salt Lake City from Florida. And then from there, I moved with the marketing department to San Antonio, Texas. I always wanted to be involved in like that kind of comedy, like the really dark, unhinged, like veteran humor. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just an army brat, but like I totally get like the really dark PTSD side of things. So like we all bonded over so you were trauma the, bond. You were in the military? <laughs> no, no, my dad was army. Oh, okay. So yeah, army I was just brat. I was okay. just a brat. Yeah. 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 Did but you move a ton as a kid then with with that? Um he, not not too much, no. So my my dad is my stepdad. So Okay. 
Um, but yeah, by the time we had uh, settled into Kentucky there, I moved with him to Florida when he retired. And from there, that's where I met like weird domino effect of meeting people. That is the thing about, I mean, it's uh, like, I don't even remember like where or how like you and I exactly met, but it is interesting with the black rifle thing. And with this whole industry, cause I'm more, I guess we're more in the outdoor space and that's probably really how we met through all that stuff. Yeah. But it's interesting how it's just like this chain of people. Yeah, it it, is. Like it just it totally. like snakes along and mm-hmm. it's almost like, um, like when you, when you watch like water start to pool up and then it starts to like find its way, like across the driveway and around yeah. rocks and this yeah. way, and pretty soon it's like over, way over here. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think that's a lot of times how life is like, yeah. you know, I tell people all the time that what was the big break for me, but you, we didn't really know it like going out there at all, but it was just a connection. Like when I met Neil Kamamura over the phone and Neil was more like talking to me about knife stuff and whatnot. And then he invited me to Winter Strong out to Bert Sorens mm. and, you know, invited me to come out and like forge with him and kind of demonstrate. And so I had no idea what I was getting into, but then you meet all those people there. Yeah. And then, you know, like once you hang around a, a group of people like that, you're like, I came home feeling like I'd found my people. Right. And it's interesting how like in a small town, a small area, like you can live and be doing something. And that's why I, that's why I encourage my kids so much to travel yeah. Or to try to like take new opportunities or don't be afraid to take a job, work at it for a little while and quit yeah. if it's not the thing. But like, you don't know where that thing's going to be. For sure. But that's the coolest thing that you've done is that, and like, I loved it when you first told me what, you know, what, what you were doing. It was really cool because I, all I could think of was like, man, what a great thing to do for his kids. Cause it's scary, right? You have this great job, you're, you're comfortable, but you had this potential and Going out on a limb, I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy, but I always just think about that. Like, it's so cool for your kids to see that you had this passion and this talent that was just, it wasn't being expressed to its full potential. And you went out on that limb and you took that risk and you followed your passion. Everything fell into place because how could it not? And yeah, and, and I think all four of us really, it's interesting because like none of us have a regular, real, normal job. Like, and I I imagine all of us at times have thought about, and there for a while I went and took that like quote unquote real job at the power company and did it because like, you know, that was the way I knew I had to pay my bills to go through my divorce and, and like save my house. And like, you have to take that corporate job. And I'm sure there were times you probably all either had that job or thought about like, maybe I should just go get a real job. It's soul sucking. Yeah. But it also can get you to the next place. Like the timing for you was so perfect. Yeah. And it got you to that place where like you had all the right things and it was just the stepping stone. I think the mistake is when people just stay in that. They're like, well, it's comfortable enough. I'm not going to leave. No, that's, yeah, that's why I always talk about suffering. Like you can't compare, like even if it's good, you don't know it's good unless you've suffered, unless you have something to compare it to. And I think you nailed it with like getting to where you want to be. I had the corporate job. Um, I really wanted to live in the mountains in Colorado because I knew there were a lot of animals there and I couldn't afford to. So I got a corporate nine to five job that paid the bills. It gave me employee housing. It gave me an opportunity and a reason to like be in the mountains. And I was late to work every single day because I found a fox den around the corner. And (laughs) I held out that job for as long as they would keep me. I think it was like four and a half years that I worked at that desk um, just because it put me in the physical place where I needed to be. And I think 
sometimes people are like, oh no, I'm selling out by continuing to hold the corporate job, blah, blah, blah. Whatever it takes to get there, like fucking do it. Right. As long as you don't lose stupid. sight of what you're, you know, what you yeah. really want. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's, that's the other part of it. Like, I think sometimes young people do miss the, the point too of like, sometimes when you're 20 years old, you also just have to suck it the hell up totally, and get a job and pay some bills. And, and and then, but do it in a way maybe that you can set your, like, I'm going to use this job for an end game. And it's going to be to get a car that then is going to be able to take me to this town and do this. Exactly. For um, sure. You know, or some camera gear. Like I have to work this job for a while to be able to afford a camera. Or you learn how to like make an Excel spreadsheet so that when you start your own business, you can actually keep track of your finances. Like, you know, do what you got to do, take what you can from it, but don't ever lose sight of the goal. Just like Laura said. I think the other thing is, is like sometimes jobs, the job that you want doesn't exist and you have to create it. Right. Like I feel like we've all kind of, it's not like we looked through the list of available jobs and picked the one. I know when I was a kid, like (laughs) being a survivalist, a backcountry expert, that wasn't a thing. And I mean, gosh, like I work like with carbon TV and I have a show with carbon TV. Carbon TV wasn't a thing when I, you know, I didn't know. I thought none of these things existed. And then they just, they happened as time went on. But all the steps and all the things I did was following my passion and then everything else fell into place and I found the things I needed to find at the right times. And it's, I mean, that sounds like the most hippie thing ever. Like, oh, no, the stars will align. But, but like, man, I tell you what, like there's a way to do it if you just keep following your passion. And mm-hmm. especially now, there's just so many opportunities with the world the way it is. Like if yeah. you just follow what you're really passionate about and figure out a way to, you know, eat. I, I will say it's the hardest path though. Like, like I, you and I have had talks about finances and we've had talks about you know the next moves and what your plans are and things like that and like like heather with what you do like i think people probably like they watch instagram and like oh she's just having fun making some youtube videos and like it's just like it's just like fun all the time right or or like you're just out clicking some photos and following animals around and it's like i'm so hungry (laughs) (laughs) but the amount of work that it takes to go down the like less beaten path right um the amount of uh sacrifices that you have to make of mm-hmm. like not making great money um you know for th- that time period that 10 years or whatever that i was a custom knife maker like it's interesting because like i didn't people would be like hey you want to go golfing or you want to go hunting or you want to go do whatever and it's like yeah but if i'm not in my shop working i'm not making money right totally you start dreaming about the nine to five you're like oh my god all you have to do so is that's where i was five. at when i when i <laughs> took that job with the power company i was like so you're going to work at eight you're coming home at 4 30 and then you're also getting three weeks paid vacation you're also getting a 401k yeah. you're health also, insurance yeah yeah health insurance i don't ever give myself days off you can I mean, find it looks out what like that I do, thing but is yeah. right what is it <laughs> what is that thing I get to figure it out now, that thing on my leg. Um. <laughs> my check engine light is so on. Health insurance is so fucking expensive. But yeah. it's worth it because then it's like you're working and you're like, yeah, but I get to do this. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I don't know. I, like Laura, we, we've both, and Heather, all of us have been talking about this the whole time we've been here. Like the joke is on us, right? Like we couldn't stand the nine to five. So now we work 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. No, but yeah. that's true. That's what. And, yeah. and it's, it's so true. And other people might see what we're up to. And I always joke, like I, I post on Instagram, like almost every Monday and I say, you're fun and fl- employed friend on a Monday afternoon. And it's like a scene of me floating down a river, or like hiking up a mountain, but that is work. I mean, we're, we're like even this past week that we've been here filming and like enjoying each other's company and having adventures, like yeah. in the back of our minds, we're still like, Oh shoot. I have 
yeah. this deliverable, this photo do. It's yeah. a, it's actually a big stress of like, how do I monetize this? How do I? Right. That's mm. yeah. That that's where it becomes difficult too. Where for me, I keep apologizing to them. Where I keep filming stuff, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm just gonna film this, and they're like, stop. Just like just we get film it. it. Yeah. We do the same. But thing. I feel I I hate to be that like I'm an influencer. Okay, guys, like get ready for this picture. Oh my god. <laughs> right. Yeah, but and then you're not the like down, that. and then you're different. You know, like I well I. I know, but it's it's like one of those things. Like I'm I'm vlogging this whole experience for posterity. Okay, for one, I want to look back on this and reminisce, but totally. uh, also like it's, it's part of what we do. Yeah, and that's that's actually the part that I see actually the, as the hardest. Like even the stuff that I do, um, I think sometimes even like even like with Henry, I I maybe I move too fast or I do something and I'm like I don't want to stop and like mm. okay another take or can you do that again or you know, and I, I'm lucky to have, I, I needed somebody like Henry to be able to take those photos or to say, no, we need a photo of this or that yeah. or whatever. Cause, um, I find myself doing a lot of things like over in my shop or outside or doing whatever. And I'm like, or, or even on a trip, like on our hunts or whatever we're doing and you don't take photos of it, you don't document it. Yeah. Um, but ultimately like you are in the public eye in a certain way, you are marketing yourself, you're marketing your company. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it is a weird, I'm, I'm not used to it at all. Like, yeah. like when we were up at, in Kalispell on uh, Tuesday, I ran up for a meeting with Brandon and we stopped in just to the black rifle shop there to get a cup of coffee. And Andy was in there stump and, uh, in Denver and we bullshitted for a while. And I told Andy how terrible his coffee was and <laughs> asked him where Starbucks was and all that. Right, right, right. And then like I went to leave and then I'm like, hey, let's get a picture. Like I'm trying to be better about that, but yeah. I also feel so gay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, like earlier when I was like, hey, like maybe we should get a picture in front of the Montana Knife Company sign. Like wouldn't that be cool? Like, And we're all just later. like, yeah. And then we took a picture and I was like, I, like I don't know I hate being that person but I also want to be like hey like yeah, but you never regret the picture I know I think as long as you're I not know. living through that exactly and living for that I feel like different. as long as you like check that in your mind the whole time where it's like getting a picture getting the footage isn't the end of the world make sure you don't live your life through a lens unless yeah, you're broke unless you're broke <laughs> then the lens <laughs> yeah. is great unless and you're then you're just a loser <laughs> <laughs> just like, no but I think I think that uh that's what shows that like you are an authentic personality. I think when people aren't self-aware of yeah. how strange these behaviors can be, if they're just like, let's take yeah. a picture. Oh my God, I got my my McDonald's cheeseburger. Right. And they just like act like that's normal. Yeah. That's somebody who's not necessarily like a very authentic or well-rounded individual. But when right. it's somebody who's like, oh, guys, I'm so embarrassed to ask this, but like, I'm always embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. Can we do this thing? I have the most humility. <laughs> well, and that's, but that's solid. But, and also what's like, what I respect a lot about like, like Heather with your Instagram and stuff is like you, you follow some of these girls and they're made up to the nines. Like every time, every picture has to be perfect. There is yeah. nothing like that can be out of place. I've actually, you know, been around some of these girls a fair amount and it's just like awful <laughs> to be around them. Like, yeah, I used hey, to, I'm right here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I used to think you were hot and now I just think you're fucking annoying. <laughs> like, no, that is a real, to be around you. Yeah, but a real thing. Like with Heather's Instagram, you, you know, you have your stuff you do where you're all made up and you're all gorgeous and doing all that. And then you have like your, your Trash next version. moment where, yeah, you're just like, this is me and this is what, you yeah. know, and that's the, but that's the stuff that people want to follow because they feel like yeah. they're getting realness. Yeah. I think, I think it's fair to have like a balance of that too, where it's like wearing makeup is not a crime against humanity, but like 
when people, when you give people a highlight reel of your life and that's it, and they're like, this is the standard, that's where I feel like it, it gets kind of fucked up, especially, especially for young people, especially for young girls where it's like, yeah. oh, I, I have to go, I have to wear fake eyelashes when I go hunting or like I have to do this or that where it's like, no, you don't have to do any of that. You can be a dirt person and then turn right around, shower it off and put on your makeup and that's fine too. Just like us well, today. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I yeah, think- Yeah, all of the makeup that we're wearing right, right. now. None of us have makeup no, on. Laura's a trash. perfect example of like, she can be as dirty and as whatever from living in the woods. But then when Laura like decides to like, there's been times you show up to a party. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> like Laura. I, I've seen her wear makeup before and it was very jarring. It was like, yes. Oh, like, I, thought, I thought you guys were gonna make fun of me. Cause I don't no, know. Not how in a bad makeup, way. Not, so I was no. like, yeah, I put a stick in my hair. No, and like, you always, all look, I have to do is comb the sticks out. You of always hair. look so fucking gorgeous. But I remember I the first you. time I saw you upload a picture with makeup. I was like, is that is yeah but no laura i mean absolutely gorgeous and and it's funny because like i could see being at a party somewhere and seeing laura come in just like decked out to the nines of some guy being like oh i'm gonna go get her number like you do yeah. that yeah you set the bar really low and then when you like that. to make any effort people that. are like oh my god, god. versus oh my. the opposite if you always look perfect the second yeah. you have makeup on people are like who the hell is i wore that? jeans yeah. the other day and people were like you, you? She's dressed up. <laughs> Bro, I know, jean, jeans are dressy. 100%. As we were walking in for this podcast, I've been wearing the same pair of pants every day that we've been here, and I just put on identical pants. They're the same ones, just a different pair, and I washed not... them in January as opposed to last November. And we're walking in, and Laura's like, damn, look at you. Those pants Fancy. look so good. And I was like, set the bar low, and you'll always exceed you expectations. <laughs> It is, it is interesting though. Like, and I say this all the time. So I have, I have three girls and, and a boy, but I with my girls you know, Instagram and social media, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting place and it can be the most powerful tool. I mean, frankly, we've built a, a company off of it. Sure, it can totally. be incredibly yeah. powerful. It, it's, a, it's amazing. Black Rifle Coffee built a company off of YouTube yes. and Instagram. Yes. Like mm-hmm. all of us are a testament to yeah. the, the power of social media. Yeah. yeah and, literally. and well, even back when I, and, and it would be the same way for photographers back when I started making knives in the nineties before the internet, mm-hmm. Um, the only way you could get your knives seen or photography was at a show in person yeah. or in a magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's it. And now you have the ability with a, with a, a post, even if you don't have a hell of a lot of followers, if it goes right, it can be seen by hundreds of thousands, millions of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do your marketing stuff two or three times a day. You can be directly yeah. in related or in touch with your customers yeah. Um, it's amazing. You used to put like artwork or photos or whatever at a gallery and someone buys that photo. They could own 10 of your photos and you'd never know that person. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, That's but with my girls, I'm constantly trying to show them like there's this, there's this fine line between, um, like we, we have some girls, uh, like Claire P Thomas friends with her. She's a first form athlete. She's gorgeous. She's in crazy, crazy good shape, but she also, what I like about her post too is she'll post very real stuff. And then she'll also talk about her struggles with mm-hmm. even like depression, quitting the track team at, you know, university of Oregon, like, yeah. and she shows that other side right? and there's that real side of yeah. her. And, um, I think it's important for girls to follow. Cause like you can just go see, you know, all the fake eyelashes and the fake boobs and you can make girls think that that's like the only right. thing that they have to like right. aspire towards. But yeah. Um, that, yeah that, but that. I also don't want girls to be ashamed of 
of being gorgeous and making themselves totally up and being sure. proud of how they look. Um, too. Ab- absolutely. There, That's yeah. something that like I fucking love about Heather and Laura. I feel like sometimes I trend into like, oh God, if I, you know, as a bear guide, a lot of my clients are men. They show up. I'm like a small blonde girl. And they're right. like, oh my God, where's your toughness? So I feel like I have to put on this like super masculine vibe and like always look like a dirt meatball in order to be taken seriously. Mm. But then I hang out with like women like Heather and Laura and I'm like, these bitches are gorgeous and like the most badass people who's ever lived. Like I don't have to give up my femininity no, in order to like come across as strong and badass. Like you can be both at the same time. And that's so freaking cool. Right. Yeah. And I've been around some guys that really appear to be like crazy badass dudes and they're absolute pieces of shit. They're wearing like proverbial fake eyelashes. They they do it for the the, the Instagram picture. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is is the the double-edged sword of social media. We've all built our businesses, our identity, I want to say our identities, our, our public likeness. Uh, Yeah, your business Yeah, everything on, on social media, like it's been such a, a helpful hand at the same time. I feel like it creates such a dysphoria in, in our generation where it's just like, these people look at the highlight reel of your life and they're like, Oh, this is, this is what we have to live up to. And it's like, I like when people get to see like, just, just the real side of you. Like you can put that best foot forward and show them like you're beautiful or you're successful or you're X, Y, and Z show them that you're also human and show that humility. Like humility is the most attractive trait to me. Like not necessarily self deprecating like I am, but like (laughs) humility in general yeah. Like that is so attractive. Well, totally. Just people that can be more than one dimensional. Yeah. You know, well, I think like no one's happy <laughs> yeah. all the time. And yeah. It's like, Oh, like, yeah, exactly. Well, we're, we're shooting a video right now. We're, we're wanting to do us. I want to do this series and Henry's just gotten done shooting. He's editing it right now, but it's about our, um, our veterinarian, uh, Angela Clark. She lives here locally. Um, if you see her at an event out to dinner, you know, at a, at a nice event or whatever, like she's this gorgeous blonde gal. But if you follow her around for a day, like Henry has, you'll find her arm up the ass of, of a, of a mammal most of the time or, or like, wow, Brooke, is that you? (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) But you'll, you'll find her doing these jobs that like the, the one day Henry followers, she went and vaccinated this. And this was like, you can't make this shit up on this video. Like she's like, Hey, I'm going to go do some stuff, some vaccinations, whatever. So Henry's riding along with her. They vaccinate a horse. They leave their half an hour down the road and the owner calls and that horse, what did it do? Jump. Yeah, so this horse jumped to try to try for people. If, I don't know if I don't know if wow. I don't know if they'll pick that up. But yeah, that's why we you don't get real that. political. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> you don't get vaccinated. Good job, Laura. I like that. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, for people, I don't know if they could hear Henry, but this horse tried jumping a fence or doing something and ended up breaking its back, and they had to go right back to that place and put that horse down, and and then you know she goes to another place and and this cow's trying to have a calf and they have to pull it. And Henry went to one of them where she's given mouth to mouth to the calf trying to save this calf. And it died. Um, the, the cow she did surgery on it died, like everything going wrong. Right. And then yeah. there's these other times where it has the little baby colt and everything's perfect and it's mm-hmm. great. But then like, it'll be, you know, five o'clock that night and she's at a soccer game with her kids and 
you know, somebody like us is like, oh, how was your day? And she's like, oh, it's fine. It's good. And she's made up in this, you know, beautiful blonde gal. And it's like, oh, you have no idea what her day was like. Yeah. Yeah. So it, what I love about that is like, like for young girls and stuff is that you can still be a badass. Like you can be this badass bear guide or veterinarian or whatever. Um, but you can also look amazing at a dinner party and like know? be a relatable human being. <laughs> right. It just, yeah. just you can me. try just as long as you're not eating moths. Well, I would know. never. <laughs> it just makes me think of when I used to waitress after I worked at the taxidermy shop. So I was like working days as a taxidermist and nights as a waitress because, you know, money. money. Yeah, <laughs> so, money. Uh, so I was at the taxidermy shop all day and I was like dealing with all these really rotten heads doing like, you know, boiling skulls, cleaning skulls. Mm-hmm. And I get to uh, work as a waitress. I just hadn't had time to go shower, but you know, you can fix yourself up, fix yourself up. So I go in and one of my coworkers was like, why do you have rice in your hair? <gasps> oh, shit. Yeah. No. So when you boil maggots, they turn like really straight mm-hmm. into like straight uh, grains of rice. And I had maggots all in my hair. It was I knew, awkward. I knew what? exactly what you were going to say. I didn't what? eat them. What restaurant? Yeah, what restaurant is this? <laughs> it was actually in Colorado. Of course it was. That <laughs> makes my stomach. I can deal with all of the gore. I can deal with fresh death. I can deal with new death. It's just the maggots that get the me. Maggots See, maggots, the maggots, maggots don't bother me so as much disgusting. as mayonnaise. It's a, it's like certain. <laughs> I think mayonnaise is oh disgusting. My God. It's just that certain that certain <laughs> stage of putrefaction that I do not like. I'm a maggot. fresh death is I'm fine. Old person. death is fine. I fucking Mag- maggots are absolutely disgusting. I hate them no, so much. Even just, I know a lot. So a lot of people use them for fishing, and they buy maggots at the store. Or whatever oh it's like. No. Bro, oh my God. Have you seen? Have I'm you, totally sending Heather a, a tub of no, maggots no, for her birthday. No, I, I had I this beautiful maggots. black doll sheep skull. This pack of wild dogs had ran this black doll sheep into a pond in Texas, and it kept swimming until it drowned. And my friend was like, hey, I've got this fucking dead sheep. Do you want it? And I was like, fuck yeah. So he cut, he just <laughs> macheted the head off, and he's like, here you go. And I was like, cool. And I put it in the yard, and um, actually Matt Best transposed it for me. And he was like, he sent me, he was like, dude, you're so lucky that I'm your friend. And I was like, why? And he like took a quick video. He like picked the head up off of this rock in his oh. yard and just maggots were just falling off of it. Oh, like, oh my so God, I'm so sorry. When you guys were in Alaska, Josh, I don't know if you've ever seen this. If you go up uh, north or really anywhere where there's salmon streams running towards the end of the, the salmon run. Yes. Oh man, there's some salmon that don't get eaten by bears or by whatever other scavengers, eagles, et cetera. And they just like kind of dissolve on the side of the streams and the maggots move in. Oh no. And it looks like a rice cake on top of the gelatinous fish. And there was a day my best friend and I went out, we were so bored and lonely. And um, we just wanted like some companionship. So we walked up these different salmon streams and we would put our ears next to the piles of maggots. Yes, I'm so excited right now. And we would hear a little like. I love that sound. If they made like a white white noise sound of maggots, I would totally go to bed with that every night. That is so on brand. But yeah, it's a cool sound. So many memories in my life that are good are connected to maggots. I would agree. Heather, how did you end up here? How do you? You don't. Okay. Um, There's been a few times where like I ask myself that same question. There's been like twice this trip. Um. When we were in Alaska, they were like, oh, my God, wouldn't it be so great to have a tapeworm? And I was like, what? <laughs> you can't even argue with I was that. like, what? And then they, like, they picked up this tapeworm that had been in a bear's ass, and they were holding it up. And I was like, this is the thing that you screamed for me to run across the beach I think to it see? was me wearing it as a scarf. I, yeah, Laura was going to no. bring it home as a scarf. I was going to crochet, crochet a bunch of them into a scarf. But we yeah. only found one, so she couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. It was disappointing. So I love you. So, yes, and. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of yes ands with you guys. 
Um, you know, it's, it's, it's times like that, you know? Sometimes Brooke will say things. I don't know exactly all of the things I'm allowed to say. And you're still here. I don't know if I'm allowed to say certain things. Yeah, no, but yeah, I'm, there, there'll be a few times where you say things and I'm like, uh-huh. The Jimmy oh. Dean sausage thing was oh, like, oh, oh, this bitch, we're in, the, we're in the grocery store. We're looking for stuff to bring out into the wilderness, you know, like jelly beans or crackers or dehydrated meals, you know, normal fucking things. And we're just sauntering down the meat aisle. And she's like, oh, Jimmy Dean sausages. Do you guys ever just eat them raw? And we're like, oh my gosh. What? Like, it's pretty much like jerky. There's she's a lot like, of preservatives. It's fine. She just, she just buys Jimmy Dean sausages and she brings them along on her treks and she just eats them straight out the package. I'm so fucking we, hungry. We, no, we had it. <laughs> you didn't even eat any of them. We kept them with us for at least four days before Laura was like, can we throw these out or is this yeah. the mascot of the well, trip? Well, I did that for you guys. I was afraid that if I did that, you would get nauseous and potentially throw up and that would make Laura I'm not gonna abandon throw up. us. I'm not going to throw up, but I will judge up. you. <laughs> And that's just a lot. <laughs> so what? When you when you are out that long, what are you eating? Like, h- how are you, are you are you taking freeze dried meals? Peak, peak meals. How do you feed your tapeworms? Brooke? Those peak meals are good. I love peak. Peak is really good. Um, I, so Jimmy good. Dean sausages. I do eat them. I mean, you can't eat them raw unless you go to the factory. They come pre cooked. So you just so like don't, all of them come pre cooked. I don't know. I've never actually read the box, but I'm pretty sure they're. This pre-cooked. bitch has <laughs> trichinosis. Um, I've she been got some very. Sick. There are probably so many preservatives some, in that stuff. This Weird is bacterial. my mentality: is if it's in my price range, it's so full of preservatives that it doesn't matter if it's refrigerated <laughs> or not. So I'll buy it if it fits in a bag. I'll eat it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, love that for you. That's do you the do you carry like a jet boil or? Yeah, I have a jet boil. Actually, I don't even have a jet boil because some things is expensive. I just have like a little cup and a pocket rocket. Her, yeah. sh- her shit is from the 1800s. Yeah. Everything's made of metal. You got to fucking sear all of the, s- the flesh off of your hands in order to even get it off of the open flame. Speaking of hands. That's not ideal. I love the fact that she has a sleeping pad that she's had for so long, but every time she sleeps and her hand touches a sleeping pad, she thinks it's another hand touching hers because of the weird shape of the sleeping pad, but she still has it and she's had it for a long yeah. time. Yeah, I got this thing. I think it was like a birthday present when I was like a freshman in college. So it's old as shit. Uh, it's like an inflatable sleeping pad and it's got... A really innovative design where it has like a texture some on indentations. it. So that if you, and some indentations. Mm-hmm, so if you sleep mm-hmm. on it on a slope, you're not going to slide. Um, but at night, if I like let my hands fall to the side, it feels like they're falling into the gentle caress of a human. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, it makes it really you hard are lonely. to sleep. I'm so fucking lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Laura's like, why haven't you gotten rid of that sleeping pad? And I'm like, well, it's the only nothing touch else. I get. <laughs> so gear, gear wise, what do you run for a tent? Um, I have a two-person tent that was sent to me by an outdoor company like four or five years ago um it was actually a fun fact it was in my car when my car got stolen and then my car got returned and everything that I owned was in the car when it got stolen it didn't get returned the cops found it and the only thing that they left behind was that tent because it had been peed on by foxes so it smells really bad <laughs> we slept in that tent didn't we that was the, no that was our gear <laughs> we used it as our gear tent we borrowed Grant's tent to sleep in because okay. I didn't want to smell like fox piss uh, so that's what <laughs> that's what I sleep inside, and then yeah, I have this like old um, sleeping pad made out of human hands. I have like, <laughs> a tin cup and a pocket rocket and an old can of you know whatever fuel I can get at like a gas station. Um, so you're pretty basic. Yeah, and I carry like rope and basic a knife. bitch right over here. Basic bitch. <clears throat> that's awesome. it. Yeah. Now, have you ever? What's your What's your view on like hunting? Because you're a big obviously you're big into animals, love animals. Have you, have you, or do you hunt at all yourself? No, so I've never hunted. It's not for lack of wanting to. I think I would like to hunt. I love elk meat. 
And I'm such a fucking mooch. Like anytime a friend has an elk, I'm like, oh my God, I, I need, I need food. I'm starving. What are you doing for dinner tonight? Oh, should I just like come over? Uh, so I'd love to get an elk <laughs> of my own. That's definitely on my bucket list. I want to do a caribou hunt. I want to hunt like from the Tagish River in the Yukon is a total dream item. But I, I just don't have time right now. I'm so yeah. like the fall hunting season is my like peak photography season. So I have to get to a point in life where I can give up a couple months of shooting to focus on something else. Like do you have, I mean, how much gear are you packing around? Do you have the ability to carry like a bow with you or? I think so. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really lucky. The camera gear that I shoot on is super lightweight, super durable. I'm, I'm actually sponsored by OM system cameras, formerly lo- known as Olympus. And their, their gear is known for being like as small as possible. So like you guys saw my telephoto lens that I have with mm-hmm. me. Yeah. It's a 600 millimeter lens, which is a lot of focal length. And you can beat the crap out of it because oh, you're yeah. you. Yeah, you said so it was waterproof. It's, it's essentially waterproof. I use it sometimes like uh, if I don't want to carry an ice axe when I'm climbing in the snow, I use my camera instead. Uh, and it fits in a hoodie pocket. So it's really small, really durable. So I do think technically I could carry, you know, a, a gun or a bow into the field with me. But then it comes the complication of like, okay, if I take an animal now I have to get it back that's right. still time you should still right. carry a gun with you right yeah, well, yeah that's not true. for the animals for the people for the windigos no for the people you don't know what's in the woods she's been carrying Lena's gun this any, whole week have you guys have you guys had any like creepy encounters with like dudes in the woods not I mean, in the woods at the Salt Lake airport <laughs> <laughs> yeah is that Heather from I, Salt Lake uh I don't know how much I want to say about this. Um, stalker situation? Yeah. The FBI actually arrested my last stalker. He's in custody right now. He's have, He has an upcoming trial. Wow. Shout out to the stalker. Yeah. It was great. He Well, because he crossed state lines to try to kidnap me. They, uh, they was he hot? I mean, was he at no. least good looking? That's no. what I asked. This no. is yeah. the crazy thing. Because Brooke, you might just be able to give no, Brooke. She, no, Josh, this is the fucking problem. Josh. He mentioned the names of other women. My name was not on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I would be offended. Yeah, sure. no, it's. Uh, it was. Maybe he saw you eating raw sauce. Your, <laughs> your name was on the list, though, yeah. Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's. It's an ongoing trial. How much am I allowed to say about that? If it's. An I ongoing just. Trial? I just think here's the thing: is like you're an idiot if you're going after. Well, that's Heather. Heather. Like, bad well, yeah. yeah. Go after someone yeah, who like Heather that's has a, very, a lot of very dangerous friends. Well, and, and Heather's. I'm always. Kind of yeah, a crazy I one hundred percent always have a gun on me. So like. Why would you go after Jesus? Terrible choice. Terrible choice. Like yeah. I, I mean, thankfully, I was able to just walk across the street and be like, hey, cops. This person uh, This person was giving you troubles then before and then, like, followed you in the airport? Uh, no, he was, no, that he was, was surveilling me for days. He wow. waited for me outside of a place that he was, I guess, watching me at. And uh, What's that feeling like when you find out? I mean, is it... Uh, bad, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, weirdly, like, I don't, I don't know. How, what am I allowed to say about well, trials can, that are still ongoing? You can well, also you talk about another much, example, like the dude in the airport who recognized, or didn't recognize uh, okay, me, but okay, just okay. fell okay. in love. It was just so, a yeah, casual so, nice thing. So there, yeah, so there was, okay, short, short version of the thing that's still happening. This dude showed up, waited for me, stalked me, surveilled me for days. He had a bunch of shit on him, intent. His charges are cyberstalking and intent to harm based on all of the things he had on him when he was apprehended by the FBI. Um, what fucked this girl's trip up for me was when I when I first landed uh, 
not even when I first landed, when I, my layover was in Salt Lake City. So this guy came up to me, he was looking at my boots and he, they're covered in mud. Boots, they, not boobs. Boots, <laughs> boots, B-O-O-T-T-S. Looking at my boots, which are covered in mud usually. And he was like, oh, where'd you go hiking? And I was like, well, I'm always hiking, but I'm, I'm off on a girl adventure. And he's like, oh, cool. Whatever. Talked to me for a little bit, chit chatted, nothing crazy. He's like, all right, later. Gets on the same plane as me. Obviously, we're both coming to Missoula. He sees me in the Missoula airport. He's like, oh, hey, you're the girl from Salt Lake? I was like, yeah, waiting on our baggage at the baggage check, talking to me a little bit, blah, 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 whatever. I was like, yeah, whatever. It wasn't that weird. It almost seemed like he was like, oh, missed opportunity. I should have talked to her more at Salt Lake. And it didn't seem weird. She comes and picks me up. She's like, bitch, I fucking, like, she makes I made a scene. She was like, I missed (laughs) you. She gets out of her car. She hugs me. She's like, yes, let's go. Let's fucking go. So we leave the Missoula airport. We're driving around. Go get our Jimmy Dean sausages. Yeah. We go to a grocery store. We meet up with her at a grocery store. From there, we go to a restaurant. But in order to be at that restaurant, we have to walk through an apartment complex, kind of. He drives by us. As we're walking to the restaurant, and I'm like, "What a weird coincidence!" coincidence. Well, he like yells out the window. He too. was like, "Hey!" Oh, girl. really? And I was like, "I still like I was I still." I was like, people. "Heather knows someone." You were still here. giving him. I the, was still uh, like kind of benefit. Of the I was like, "Small town." Hey, whatever, small town. Like maybe he's just a he lives in these apartments. Maybe it's whatever. Haha, <laughs> whatever. We go and we sit down. He walks into the bar thirty minutes later and sits right across from us, and I'm like. It could be, it could be completely innocent. It could and be if just I, like, like ultimately, I, it was like he had yeah. a friend meeting him sure. there. Well, but he, he probably called his friend and was like, "Meet me in this restaurant." Innocent, innocent, like let's say prevails. What he did was he saw me. He missed an opportunity. He's too shy. He's too shy. He's too shy. He has. He's like, "Oh my god, these girls! It's meant to be." Like I saw them walking into this bar, and maybe I should call my friend and meet up. And it's innocent. But now I have this, everything is nefarious to me now. Right. For good reasons. Everything is nefarious. For very good reason. And like, that's why I'm always like, people like kind of poke fun of me sometimes where I'm like, I'm always over precautious. I always carry a gun on me. I'm always worst case scenario. I'm always doomsday apocalypse mindset because I've had the worst things happen to me. Because it's like, no, you're being crazy. But then it's like, yeah, but this but time I wasn't. Yeah, and but so yeah. you've, you've it's had hap- bad experience. It's happen- well, that's not the first. I've had many experiences like that. Exactly. So now my mind is always worst case scenario. And like, I I hate that. I hate that I've like, I've lost like the joy of just being blissfully happy. And my mind is always like, where's the exit? Right. And that's where I'm at now in my life where I'm always like, where's the exit? How can I like, what's my exit strategy? And like, is it weird like, still being, you know, making videos and still being public? And I mean, I guess it's just, th- there's obviously like, you know, you're a quote unquote celebrity, but like there's people out there that are way higher celebrity status. And sure. I, I guess that comes with some of the territory sure. you just, but it's, um, it's really odd. That's actually kind of the issue with having our our facility like on my property because yeah. we yeah you know i'm not a you know sure. attractive female um but i might i might decide i am tomorrow right and that's okay because it's <laughs> hey, 2023 hey, females <laughs> can stalk attractive males too <laughs> but that's uh very true. yeah here's my address <laughs> <laughs> no i but it is weird because we have people drive in mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and some people drive in and they're just, they don't know. They just drive in and yeah. they're like, oh shit, sorry. Yeah. I didn't know it was your, it's a Sunday and didn't know yours, it was yeah. your house. But then like if other people drive in where we've had it, where, especially over in the other shop and that's why it seems weird, but like these doors are key carded and locked 24 seven. That's good. Because in that other shop, I remember I was, I was out of town and there's like somebody like walking around in the shop, hanging out, like, and the employees thought it was like a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon they're like, Who's hey, what, yeah, what's going yeah. on? And he's like, oh, I was just, like, looking around. And it's like, oh, you're a freaking stranger. Yeah. You couldn't tell this is a dead-end road and, like, right. a house and a garage. Like, right, yeah. This isn't a public business. Yeah. But it is a weird, that's a weird position to be in where you're, you're celebrity and you're making videos and you're doing that. Because, like, I don't know if you really consider yourself a celebrity, but you obviously you are to a certain degree, especially with associated with black rifle. Yeah. It's a pseudo, I'd say pseudo celebrity. Uh, definitely not anybody. Like I, I always wonder that like as a kid, when I'd see like celebrity, I'm like, why do celebrities always date other celebrities? And I'm like, Oh, that's the only people that they can relate to. Mm-hmm. Cause everybody else is like fucking weird fam. I remember years ago, like this was years ago. I like it, it met up with some dude on Tinder. My, it was my first and only Tinder encounter. Um, and he seemed normal enough. He was so like put together, like, like just normal. And I was like, wow, in amongst the sea of mediocrity, here's this one normal guy. Very cool. And, uh, we, we talked for like a month or something. And and after that, like, I I never, like nothing ever intimate happened between us, but I was just like, oh, maybe I can actually like meet up with him in person. And the first thing, like after about a month, he was like, so like, when can I meet Matt best? Oh, Jesus. And I was like, well, now you don't get to meet me. <laughs> like, yeah. Now we don't get to hang out. Um, but it's it's stuff like that where it's like people always have like weird um, alternative agendas. Yeah. And it's it's hard to meet. I feel like everything is a facade. Everybody is like they want something from you. Nobody just genuinely wants to interact with you and be your friends. I think it's another reason why we get along so well is just because it's like the joy of being feral. And it's like these these people are so humble and... The forest don't want nothing from you. No, and it will claim you if it wants to. Yeah. And I love that. That is uh like like with Rogan, you know, you to the to the highest level celebrity, mm-hmm. um, it would be incredibly difficult to be because like that's a guy that I would like to meet just strictly from the standpoint of like I think he'd be cool to be friends with. Sure. Complete like celebrity aside, he just seems like a good dude. And and all of our friends that we know that know him all say that he's just that person. Right. He's just a good dude, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it would be so strange. A lot of people, like, wish they were celebrity status, wish they had that money and whatnot. I wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> it would be, it would be awful. I yeah. mean, and it's it's weird, because, like, I know we, you know, it's, it's actually quite strange, because, like, you know, I, I get recognized in the airport, like, with my kids or my wife. Mm. Um it is strange. Like even people like in Home Depot asking to take pictures with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. and I'm and I'm thinking to myself, I'm a I'm a nobody. What would it actually be like to right. be Brad Pitt? Well, right. and then it's like be, right. Oh my god. There's also that weird in between, right? Where like if you have the money to have a private jet or a you know, a security guard with you all the time or all these things, but it's like the in between where people just think you're rich. Because right. yeah, they know who yeah, you yeah. are, and you're yeah. like, no, like I live in a cave. Where they think it would be like a facade, where it's like you, you are the person that you are, right? On, on TV, not on TV. You're you are the same 
no matter if you're on screen or off. Right. And, and it's interesting to think about people thinking they have access to you and then having to worry like, Heather, you don't have 24-7 a bodyguard. You are your own bodyguard, and I you're am. probably way better than, you know, that's most people you'd I hire. That's, you're however, our bodyguard. <laughs> I, I know. That's, I, that's why I, I will give each of you a gun tomorrow. No, I, ha- I, I have. Bring, I know. I'm so I, fucking proud of you. Thank you. I am so proud of you. Do you have a gun now? <laughs> Shout I, out, Lena. she packing? I visited her. And I was like, I'm so used to being the only bitch with like a big gun, like just ready. Like, that's why I'm always the one that's paranoid. That's why I'm always the one that's on edge. I'm always the one looking for the exit. And she's like, no, I've got like three guns. I'm ready. And I'm it's like, she gave one to Brooke. She had, and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yes. I was just, I was yeah. just juggling Let's guns in the go. cave. It was awesome. Let's go. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I've got like three of them here. I was like, yes. Thank you. Finally, <laughs> you bitches but pick up hitchhikers and shit. I'm like, absolutely the fuck not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am the hitchhiker. I am <laughs> today. You tomorrow, me. <laughs> well, no, it mean, is, mm-hmm. and it is, it is tough because, like, especially with you two. I mean, with the show that you were on, mm-hmm. and you know, with weirdos falling in love with you and whatnot, and then like with your videos, and it's bad. Yeah, it's really bad. And a bunch of lonely freaks out there. Yeah, I, I think, a, I think a lot of it like too. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think a lot of it is that. I know we, we make the joke where I was like, we're not like other girls. We're so much worse. But I, th- I think the thing is, is that we really, we are so weird and we're so weird presenting that people feel like it's okay to be weird. Yeah. Back. Like where it's like when you're act like for me, I'm an actress a lot of the time, take 30% off and that's who I really am. Right. Like a lot of that is just big energy for you're just, you're entertaining. You're an, you're you're an entertainer. Yeah. You're an actress. And so a lot of people see that and they're like, Oh, she really is this crazy wild person. I can be this. I was like, you're kind of like more shy when you first, I'm so awkward. That's why when I met you the first time, I think it was, I think it was, (laughs) I think it was the adaptive athlete shoot in Texas at the ranch. The total archery challenge. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That's where I met you. And you were, and again, like shame on me for like assuming, but like much more reserved. I am. Very reserved. Yeah. Very quiet. You were like more kind of like in the background. I always. Where your persona yeah. on Instagram is more like you would be like the, like the loud bitch that's, over in yeah. the, right? And that, I think that's why I love <laughs> acting so much is because it allows me to be, I think, a part, like be who maybe, maybe not necessarily who I wish I was, but like I can be different characters. I can be as big and as loud and as crazy as I want to be. Cause in real life, I'm not that person. Yeah. I'm very shy. I'm very reserved. I'm very like a background character. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, no, don't want to say background character. I'm, I'm just as <laughs> weird, but I'm just not as loud of, about it, I guess. Right. <laughs> I right. Know. So what, what's uh to kind of wrap this up? What, what do yeah. we have coming? What, what are you, what do you have going on? Like for the rest of the summer? Um, I know you like, you've been teaching, Laura's one of the best it's it's interesting like watching your classes and you teach you're one of the best teachers I've seen and it's amazing the whole like moth to a flame because like at winter strong for example there's all kinds of classes going on and there's people teaching different things and there's like eight or ten people around this guy and 10 or 12 people around this guy and then there's Laura over there starting fire and there's like 35 40 people around and it's it's amazing to watch you teach and see the things that you do um so are you are you still doing a lot of teaching like this summer? Are you, I I am I'm I'm teaching, but um I have like a few different workshops and stuff. Um I'm actually going to be in Vail, Colorado, uh, for the GoPro Mountain Games. That's kind of my next um like big event. But then I'm doing a natural disaster season for my show, uh, Decivilized on Carbon. Is it TV. about you? 
Yes, I am a natural disaster. <laughs> Hurricane, Hurricane Laura. Laura. <laughs> I was Hurricane Laura before there was a Hurricane Laura. Um, but it. no, I mean, I think it's like one of those things where I would just see, yeah, every time a natural disaster happens, it's like I was fascinated with natural disasters since I was a kid. My Barbies would play natural disaster. It's like, what would happen? I'd be like, tornado, and they'd fly off. Um, but uh, anyway. Brooke's um, Barbies were eating raw sauce. 100% and getting <laughs> yes. eaten by bears. Yeah, they were getting mauled by polar oh bears, God. actually. Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, it's like there's these simple things where I'm like, man, I've lived this weird life, and I've learned some stuff. So if I can use what I've learned to teach people how to deal with situations they might encounter, because up till now, it's been all like, okay, if you want to go out in the backcountry, like here's and stuff but the people are sitting in their own homes and they're not choosing to be in these natural disasters and it's still happening mm-hmm. so the rest of this year i'm going to be filming um episodes uh on natural disasters so uh yeah. I'm, I'm jealous I'm excited. about Hell that yeah i'm really I, excited i'm jealous about that, that. i want to chase a hurricane or a, not a, a hurricane tornado. but a tornado i know i'm really excited tornado tim is like my new favorite person and i'm so do you just hang out around him. trailer parks and wait for him to come exactly <laughs> what that's yeah they get drawn you? to trailer parks yeah. um no tim tim's gonna lead me i it's really amazing how um you know in tune you have to be with just weather and predicting stuff but he's done it for like you know over 20 years so i i have faith in him he's that is wild and what i would love to see well it's like our thunderstorms and stuff tonight but like the most amazing thing when you see the pictures and whatnot is like the sky yeah yeah and, and you see those clouds doing whatever they're doing. And it's terrifying. It's like, so cool. It reminds me of so like cool. being on the beach and building a sandcastle. No matter what you do, you can't stop the tide from coming and taking it away. It's like a big storm like that. Hell so, yeah. Anyway. So, Heather, what about you? Black Rifle, still making videos? Yeah, I'm, I'm still making videos. I see you have merch. I launched my own merch. This isn't even a plug. It's a This plug. wasn't even planned. I'm plugging <laughs> it. He didn't even plan this shit. Do you see this? See this gnarly Wendigo? Beautiful. Yeah. You get this at Bunker. That is awesome. Who's doing your who's doing the drawings? Oh, Threat Llama. So I I commissioned this drawing. (laughs) Best name. Yeah. Yeah. I commissioned this drawing through Threat Llama. He's a buddy of mine. He's just as fucked up as we are. But I I sell this through Bunker Branding. And then I'm also going to be launching um a Mezcal, I think, this year. Oh yeah. Which I'm super excited about. Fuck yeah. I'm not gonna I'm still waiting on getting the trademark and everything done for that. So um not gonna say the name of it just yet, but I'm gonna have my I have my merch. I'm gonna have my uh, my mezcal, and then we are gonna go visit Miss Brooke Little Ooh. Bear in Alaska, July. August. You didn't learn your lesson. You're headed back. We can't. <laughs> I we just don't. I can't quit suffering. It's like my favorite. <laughs> I love that about her. We so the merch <laughs> the merch is super cool. I so yeah. I saw that only just like I don't. Like, I thought about like wearing a few this? days ago. Yeah, I thought about wearing this, and I was like, I gotta rock the MK. No, you should have worn your. Eh, whatever. You're awesome. Well, but yeah, the merch is super well, cool, though. A little Wendigo hoodie. I've got uh, the Wendussy coming soon. <laughs> Very excited about that. Yeah. It's going to be sick. Shout the design's really cool. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Awesome. <laughs> so, and then uh, with Black Rifle, are you still, what, do you st- are you still making videos, doing stuff with the marketing department? Yeah. I'm, I'm still working with Black Rifle. I think for a little while longer, you know, mm-hmm. um, as long as Matt Best is there. You know, I'll be there chugging along. And He's Matt the who? Best. Matt Best. Matthew Best. <laughs> Matthew Best. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dox so, his so middle when do, name. When do we get to hang out with Matt Best? I don't know. Where's Matt Best? <laughs> um, where's Matt Best? I'm sorry. You're not good enough. Where's Matt? Uh, <laughs> I don't give a shit about Matt Best. Where's Thank Noel? <laughs> <laughs> when do we get to meet Noel? I know. No, uh, it's. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm still with Black Rifle for now. Um, again. I'm I'm working on doing my own thing too. Yeah. 
it's, no, it's cool good. watching all your friends become millionaires. You want to do it yourself too. Yeah. You know? Well, that's, but that's the, that's the part like we were talking about earlier when you're doing your own thing with like what we're all doing. And I was actually yeah. telling, there was a guy I was talking to at my kids track meet the other day and he's struggling with his kid because his kid's like freshman and doesn't give a shit about math or doesn't give a shit, right? Because he had the same attitude I had then, which was like, this mm-hmm. is retarded. Why are we doing this? And my, like, I wish I could, those are the kids I wish I could talk to because like I have the opposite end of the spectrum than I was with my daughter, like with Sadie that you met in here, my 17 year old. She's in like all the honors classes and all the mm-hmm. college classes. She's like the all-star, right? And doing it all right. And then there's like, the other 80% of kids that were probably more like me, which was just like, when do I get to get out of here and go like dig holes or hunt or whatever. And I was telling him, I'm like, I think he was saying his kid wanted to be a lineman or something someday. And I was like, well, tell your kid uh, when he gets that apprenticeship, he, the first thing he has to do to get an apprenticeship is take an algebra test. Mm -hmm. And I had, I literally was 29 or 30 years old, 29 and I had to go buy the book, uh, Math for Dummies, and, like, read the Math for Dummies book and do, and, like, learn how to do math again. I One, it had math. been 20 or 15, year, 19 years, or I don't know, however, 10 years, however long it had been. I don't do math well. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the other part of this is I sucked at it when I did it because I didn't give a shit. And um, the point of all this is, like, with what we're doing, there is a lot of actual, like, business stuff behind it. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I have been drinking from a fire hose from my standpoint as far as like a CEO. Mm-hmm. It's still weird like to call myself like a CEO of a company. I'm sure. like, CEOs are douchebags. I'm not a CEO. I don't want to <laughs> tell you about uh... yeah, but, but like when you're like, what's a KPI and what's this and what's that? And I'm, I'm like literally asking all these. I feel like I'm hanging around more of my military friends, but they're business people and they're using all the acronyms. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> like looking at the up military in the acronyms drive me nuts. Oh, I know some of this them. This morning, there I were can th- kind of keep up, and then I'm like, there were a couple spec ops guys in my house this morning, and they start talking in fucking acronyms, and mm-hmm. so I started talking about the BD, uh, the BGD, and then they were like, "What's the BGD?" I was like, "Well, it's our blade grinding division," which is complete <laughs> horseshit. But I'm like, I can play this game too. I'm gonna right. start making acronyms up. Right. But on the business side, they're they're using all that stuff, and I don't think people realize like, like Brooke with your, your photography, but you're also your own accountant, you're also your own marketing person, you know, all, all the stuff that you have to do. And kids kids need to realize they need to at least pay attention to a basic level, right? Definitely. And I actually wish our schools would do a better job of, hey, instead of pushing that kid to take trig. Mm-hmm. Or freaking calculus, who gives a right. shit? Why don't you teach them like a personal finance class? Yeah, right. instead of like, oh, we can tell how tall the light pole Dude. is by the shadow. Or a basic yeah. marketing class like, hey, yeah. you want to be a photographer, you want to market yourself, yeah. how are we going to do this? Yeah. Or you want to make YouTube videos. Right. You know, I, I think it's super important that people, that kids somehow get some education on how to actually just do basic level business mm-hmm. stuff to get going. Yeah. How to like become an actual successful human, not just a knowledgeable human. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I went off on a tangent there, but <laughs> I uh, it. what, so you're headed back to Alaska soon? Yeah. So after this, I'm going to go home, do laundry, um, pack up my suitcase again and head up to Alaska. I'll be with the Brown Bears until mid-September. Then I go to Hudson Bay and I also guide with polar bears. So I'll do that until whenever the polar bears uh, go up onto the ice to hunt seals for the winter. What is a polar bear's 
attitude. Like, so you talked about brown bears and you talked about like our grizzly bears, inland bears like ours. What's the personality of a polar bear? They like Coca-Cola. They love wow. Coca-Cola. Um, <laughs> they wear the earmuffs. They're white. Um, <laughs> so racist. Wow. They, they don't use a lot of seasoning. Not that any bear does. Um, but yeah, polar bears, uh, people love to be like, polar bears are so scary and aggressive. And that's true. They, they definitely are like the most temperamental bears when you consider the fact that they're low density. So they're not used to being around other bears and their food source is really low density. So of course they're going to be a little bit more reactive and quote unquote hangry. But it's harder to surprise a polar bear, at least in the context of what I'm doing, you know, guiding to actually see polar bears. It's flat. You can see them from a far distance. So, yeah, I mean, they're not nice, um, but they're not necessarily, like, as easy to encounter and come across and find yourself in a piss-poor situation as other bear species. What's the distance you try to keep from a polar bear? I mean... Most interactions are 50 to 100 yards. That's we, pretty freaking close. We're comfortable with 50. That's 50, yeah. 50 yards. That's, is that's very close. I've photographed polar bears at closer than that um, with a guide who was extremely, like my, my mentor in all things bear, very experienced individual. Um, there were actually three or four people who had been working with polar bears for like their whole lives present, as well as like a bunch of other bear guides. So that's that's a unique experience, right? Where like everyone is pretty qualified. And we didn't really have an option to like not be that close to the bear because how how quickly she came in. Um, it was a situation where like if we had backed off, we could have like invited her to pay more interest in us than if we just sat still and let her walk by. Mm. But yeah, we we don't love polar bears as close, but you know they're not marauding and necessarily like gonna come flying across the tundra to eat your face. Is it a hell of a lot harder? I mean, like with the brown bears, they're down fishing, they're on that shoreline, like. I don't think that's probably that difficult to find them necessarily. I'm, and maybe I'm assuming, but like with a polar bear, I'm just imagining nothing but ice. No, no. And so snow. The, yes, that's, that is the reality for polar bears most of the year. Um, where I photograph them, it's at the Southern tip of Hudson Bay. So when the ice melts at the start of the summer, all those polar bears have to come on shore. Oh. And what people don't realize is polar bears don't hibernate. Um, unless they have, unless it's a pregnant mom with cubs, she'll hibernate for a little bit long enough to give birth to the cubs and then nurse them and emerge from the den. But they go the whole summer without really eating anything. They just lounge on the shores of Hudson Bay or, you know, ice flow edge, wherever they're at, waiting for the ice to reform so they can walk out and hunt seals. Really? So the best time to see and photograph polar bears is in the fall when they know intuitively, instinctually, that the ice is getting ready to form. They all congregate in really high densities in all these little villages and areas along the shores of Hudson Bay. And I mean, like, you'd be hard-pressed not to run into a polar bear in those areas that time of year. Really? Yeah. Mm. It's it's um, significantly easier than finding any other bear anywhere else. Um, the, the town where I am based out of for that, um, when the kids go trick-or-treating on Halloween, they actually have, like, armed bear guards following them through town to keep the polar bears away. Really? So, and polar bears' diet is pretty much just all seals? Yeah, yeah. Um, so so they sh- it should be all seals. Um, we're starting to see in some of these areas polar bears getting like a little bit more creative and looking for food sources later in the season while they're waiting for the ice to form. Um, we're starting to see polar bears eat blueberries. We're starting to see them apparently hunt beluga whales, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But their main diet and what they should be eating and focusing all their energy on finding is seals. Hmm. But they'll supplement with whatever they find. They'll eat like your snowmobile if you leave it out. 
are you seeing less ice up there? Like the whole, all the global warming stuff. And, yeah. and it's like, I call it global warming bullshit. Cause sometimes I wonder, I don't, I don't doubt for a second that there's warming happening and that there's less ice. You can start to debate why or whatever. I don't really give a shit, right. but, um, but like, are you seeing less ice with where you're going? Have you noticed a change? Yeah. I mean, that's a tricky question. I always say that like people view bears through like whatever lens they see themselves. So like if you're starving, the bears are starving. If you're angry, bears are angry. If you're a hippie, bears are peaceful. Um, so, so that's a whole separate conversation of like what's happening with the ice and, and how are the bears feeling about it. But we are seeing in the area where I guide, it seems like the ice is forming the trend. The last like 10 years has been like a week later every coming year, which is why we're seeing bears start to get more creative and like looking for food sources. And we're like literally watching them adapt before our eyes, which is really cool. Yeah. I, I'm like dreaming of someday getting the photo of a polar bear with like seal blood all over his face. And I haven't managed that yet. But in the meantime, I have photos of polar bears with blueberry juice all over their face. Really? It's really cool. Hmm. That's pretty cool. It would be wild to catch one actually, like, like killing a seal. That's when it's hard because that's when they're dispersed across the ice and it's much harder to find and locate them. But, yeah, when they're on shore, they're, they're thick. So, uh, and, then, and then what else? You'll, once you do the polar bear, you do the bear stuff, then you'll head to Colorado for elk? Yeah, so I'll come back to the lower 48. I'll probably take a shower, um, dive right into elk rut stuff. I am going to be guiding a couple of expeditions for aspiring photographers. I'm leading one in Montana and one in Wyoming. I, I just started my own company. It's called Think Wild Expeditions. I'm still not sure how to plug it. Okay. But yeah, type that so in. So that's Google. how people can get a hold of you to, to get to get guided. and. Yeah, if you want to like see what of my photo adventures you can join on, check out Think Wild Expeditions. I'm pretty sure that's the name. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Very new. <laughs> I promise we're insured and licensed uh, to operate within <laughs> the areas <laughs> where we'll be guiding. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Is there is there an animal on the planet? Like, are you, are you, do you do North America because like financially that's the, Thing that's easiest to do no. or, or do you have interest of like going and no so I've I've been sent on assignment to countries in Africa I've been to Botswana I've been to South Africa photographed wildlife there lovely amazing super charismatic great animals but I am a neo-arctic bitch like I love the Rocky Mountains I love the habitat I'm a I love cold weather I love the places that um North American wildlife specifically takes you so when people ask me like is there an animal you want to see or photograph it's usually all things local. Like I want to get better photos of mountain lions. I want to get better opportunities to photograph caribou. Um, if I had to branch out outside of North America, snow leopards would be pretty sweet. But that would be, yeah. That's how I feel about hunting. As much as like the rest of the world sounds cool, and I'm, I would imagine I'll maybe go someday. Like North America to me is where it's at. I don't know. I don't know why. There's so I much just... biodiversity and like intensely beautiful habitat. I think the lower density wildlife populations that we have here versus the African continent makes it like that much more thrilling when you find the thing. You can't just like hop in your car and drive around and see a leopard kill right. a lion while a cheetah watches. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for joining. We better go have dinner. Oh yeah. I think we're a little late for dinner, but yeah, we got to go an shower. R an RGD, yeah. a really good dinner. <laughs> Sorry guys. Yeah. Wow. We're doing everything in acronyms. Now? Acronyms now. All right. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. T Y P M. Thank you. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs>